The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. The Persistent and Nasty podcast has teamed up with We Edition to offer our listeners 25% off monthly subscription. Head over to We Edition and type in NASTY, all capital letters, 25 at checkout. I have said it before, I will say it again. We Edition really are the future of casting. And also you can make money while being a member on the site. You can um, be a scene partner for people and you can help with accents. You can just generally help each other out. And it's a really important thing for us to do, especially during these times and just a lovely way to have community. Our other offer for our listeners is still with Backstage. Backstage are offering our actors 12 months free subscription. You heard that right, 12 months free. If you follow the link in the description box for casting directors, you can post free castings when you type in persistent and nasty at checkout. Hello, you gorgeous lot, and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty podcast. Elaine here. How are you all doing? This is our final episode of 2020. I can't believe it. One, I can't believe it that we've made it to the end of 2020 and I can't believe that we have been so lucky with the amazing women who have come on this podcast um, over the whole of 2020 but in particular those who um, were willing to give podcasting over Zoom a bash for us when we were in full-blown lockdown and how lucky we've been with the doors that that has opened. Our biggest thanks is to all of you for your continued support. Um, We can't express how much it means to us and we wish you all a healthy, safe holidays and more than you could ever wish for in 2021. All good stuff, please. All good stuff. Um, But stay well, everyone, and keep wearing your mask and washing your hands and being kind to each other it really truly is the only way that we are going to get through this anyway today's episode is with the gorgeous scottish actress scarlett maltman scarlett and i have a hilarious chat it's just me for the last episode and misha and louise were both super busy um so yeah We have a great chat. We talk about the industry. We talk about mental health in the industry. Scarlett is one of the co-founders of Industry Minds UK and we will be having a collab um, with their podcast in the new year, which I am super excited for. Um, As always, follow us on all social media, Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at Persistent and Nasty, Facebook Persistent and Nasty. You can always send us an email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com. As always, like, subscribe, download and comment on the episode. It really makes an incredible difference. We know those algorithms. Um, Also, 
again we just want to take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you who has donated to our paypal you have no idea how much that keeps us going and um it just it makes things a little bit easier for us it's been a tough year for everybody um everybody across the world not just in the arts and um we haven't escaped that either so we are incredibly grateful that you um are so generous and willing to help us keep persistent and nasty going in its many forms of advocacy podcast script work development all all the things that we do um so please know that anyway enough of me rambling on i think for our final podcast of 2020 really have whatever the hell you want to drink go for it knock yourself out i'm going to make myself something really strong as I re-listen to this gorgeous episode with the lovely Scarlett Maltman. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Kind of drive in, and listen to other podcasts, you know what I mean? So yours is the only one I listen to. Oh, so thanks. thanks. Well, I listen to yours and um, I also listen to True Crime. So to get into true crime ones actually I feel like I can give you a list of them and absolutely you have shared with me quite a lot so I'd love the the truth yeah I've shared I know I'm so excited this is us actually getting to chat like our back and forth on Twitter I was like I think this might be my soulmate like yeah we we did really bond we We did did really bond we hit it off we did so now I'm gonna escape smelly London and come to the bonnies the bonnie banks of scotland get, get back to scotland get back <laughs> i'm on right move every day honestly if i showed you my history on my phone it's basically like properties in glasgow yeah that i can afford who has no money help can anybody help scarlet out Oops. maybe i'll set a go fund me you should you never know Get Scarlet to Scotland. Get Scarlet back to Scotland. <laughs> I actually seen a 15 bedroom mansion in Loch Lomond. There was only three and a half million. So I thought, do you know what? If I really cut back, you know, <laughs> on like my 12 pound shampoo one month, then maybe. Then maybe, just maybe, it's going to just, it's, I'm going to get there. It. I didn't win the Euro Millions this week, so that's not all this my week. plans. Not this week, but I'm hoping for next. Okay. So manifesting that out into the world. Exactly. We'll manifest it. We totally believe in all of that. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll start our own Scarlett Mulman, welcome to the Persistent and Nasty Podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm buzzing and nervous and excited all in one. <laughs> Please don't be nervous. You, te- you messaged saying you were having a beer and I was like, I'm worried if I have a beer, what I'll, I'll say. So well, because the original it. chat was we were going to have a drink. That's what we were going to do. But I actually haven't opened my beer yet. So I'm okay. I'm, I was like going to be double A. Because if you were, I would actually pause and go get a Prosecco. Have you got a tea? Well, I've also got my beer sitting here. So we can totally do that shall we shall we let's do it i'll go get a wee prosecco okay since four okay exactly this is like this is like a 10 o'clock drink for you yeah exactly it's practically bedtime i drank all the prosecco Uh uh-huh all the gin (laughs) what i have is a pins fabulous okay i'm gonna 
I went to uh, Marks and Spencer's today. This is how posh I was feeling because it's December. I was like, fuck it. Um, and I'm going for a, a longboard island lager. Oh, stunning. Stunning. Is that one of the, oh, that's a very fancy one, is it? Isn't it? Yeah, it's like, it's, I mean, it's cheaper than a pint in a pub, which I can't remember what that's like to have a pint in a pub, but you know, that's oh, great. listen to that. Gorgeous. Oh, cheers, cheers. Cheers. Yay. Try not to spell this on the laptop. That would yeah, not don't, oh God, don't do that. Don't that. do that. Mm. Yeah, it feels like summer, actually. Oh, and that's, that's summer in a glass, that. Just in the, mid- in the middle of December nearly, and it's all fine. So. <laughs> I love it. I've got my blanket. How has your 2020 been? I mean, what the fuck? Oh, Where are we going to go with that? Oh, goodness. 2020. Do you know what? 2020 because it's it was it was the new decade wasn't it yeah and we all reflected we we posted all of our successes on twitter it started off so promising i went to the gym life was lovely we're making moves you know yeah and then it really just went to shit doesn't it didn't it it really <laughs> did. did it reminded of it really reminded of me when i tried to either cook or bake something because at a start off with so so much faith and so much optimism and then and then it doesn't quite go to plan yeah but you know that the next time you go to bake it won't be as bad and I feel like that's 2020 we know (laughs) that next year whatever happens it cannot be as bad as this year I mean surely right Sure, but we also we shouldn't cancel 2020 because what an achievement that we've all got through this year. Absolutely, and I think that's a really important thing to not cancel the year because getting through this pandemic is a huge achievement, and we should all be proud. We should. I, I completely agree. Also, Louise is a big um, advocate of not having cancel culture, so she'll well, love that. Yeah, um, so yeah. You've just you've just got me today on the podcast. Let's be fair. What a treat! we've got um, alcohol I know we've got alcohol started off um so let's talk about you Scarlett let's talk about give our listeners a potted history of you oh my goodness so the first thing my actual name isn't Scarlett my real name is Amy Scarlett Maltman so there we are there we are there That's we go. A fact. that is a great fact do you want to be called Amy for the podcast then you can call me what you want every so I basically ruined my whole life because all my friends from back home know me as Amy yeah but all my people that I met from London onwards know me as Scarlett okay and it works really difficult because of my birth you know you need to give your passport over everyone's like who's Amy on the system because I'm like hi I'm Scarlett so I've I've really ruined my life I don't know what I'm going to say at my wedding (laughs) literally people are going to be like sorry are we at the wrong wedding I fucked it I've absolutely fucked it but feel free to call, call me whatever, Scarlett, Maltman. Scarlett, Amy, Maltman. Malty, I like Malty. Yeah, Malty. We can Malty. completely change it. But but yeah, so that's me. That's the, the fun fact for everyone. That's um, a really fun fact. And yeah, the history. So I grew up in Loch Lomond, the boring stuff, Balloch. And then I went to Dance School of Scotland for two years. Fabulous. found my ident- identity and became happy. And then I moved to London. Um, and oh gosh, I graduated in 2016. Did you go to school in London? Yeah, I went to Talia Conti. Mm-hmm. You know, Talia Conti. 
and um and then I was flew out into the industry had many a mental breakdown and then decided oh there's not much support in this is there let's do something about it yeah and dabbled in work didn't dabble in work was unemployed um had a great time bought a dog um drank a lot of Prosecco a lot of gin spent way too much money in overly priced pubs in London and here we are and here we are that that was a good sum up wasn't it that was a great sum up and it was really fast as well and you're engaged I'm engaged yes when so are that, you getting married right so not that on a feminist podcast that I have to clarify that that is not just you know it's a life event fem- yeah it's going to be a feminist wedding though yeah literally it's going to be totally non-traditional it's going to be and I know that you interviewed the gorgeous ladies from uh, the the 98% podcast did. and yeah. Alec- um, Alexa got married um, and I used to work with Alexa and she told me all about her wedding and I was just like that is what my wedding will be like everything that she done was just just brilliant like she um at the end you know when they're like, oh we now pr- pronounce you man and wife um, they said wife and husband so they put her on I was like that's what my wedding will be but it's going to be in 2023 just because one money it's expensive yeah. and two coronavirus I want to have a big party I know I right Sims, you know yeah so but I'll be getting married in Scotland in yes. um, kind of Falkirk way so that'll gorgeous. be that'll be lovely it will it'll be gorgeous it's funny I got married 10 years ago and even though I thought at the time it wasn't that traditional, it probably was quite tra- traditional. And I think as well, my mum and dad didn't have a big wedding. Mum was pregnant with me, early 80s. Go on. Scandal. Um, and I think in some ways she was living her wedding dream through me. And I think I let a lot of things go that I probably wouldn't, that I would have done slightly differently. Yeah. Um, but like the big thing is I didn't change my name. I'm not going to change my name I'm not going to do it one because our names just don't match together so I would love to double battle it but this my full name would then be Amy Scarlett Maltman McGonagall Maltman McGonagall or McGonagall it just doesn't flow nicely off the tongue yeah McGonagall Maltman it's also this thing though I remember saying I was like so why do I have to change my name though exactly well in the history of it it's like the, the the dad is giving you away and, and you're now someone else's possession and that's why you would change the name yeah but we're, we're our own people we're not someone's possession so why would yeah. we change your name I think it's a very I, I like that you didn't I think that's yeah I didn't and it wasn't even and I, I remember saying to Steve I was like the only way I'm changing my name is if we both double battle and if you're not willing to do that we're not doing it yeah and, and Stirrit Dolan is just too much of a mouthful Stuart Dolan. Yeah, I think that's quite nice. I do well. I mean, I mean, I might add it at some point, but you know, his sister's also called Elaine, so I'm a bit like, no, okay, that's yeah. her thing. I'm sticking with mine. But just also that thing of, and it's funny because when I say oh, I'm married, people will always say oh Mrs. Dolan, and I'm like, are you Miss? I'm Miss, yeah. No, and then somebody that. once said to me, but that's like you've been divorced. And I went, no, it's it? not. What? And I went, and even if, well, I was like, well, then I'll, I don't really care. I can be miss. 
Like, does it actually matter? Because that's the other thing as well. Like, women's things change. It's miss, miss, misses. But a guy yeah. just gets to be mister. It never has to change yeah. for him. Exactly. They need, they need to... I don't know where the wedding book is with all these traditions, but they need to just open that book and go through it and go, actually, let's just erase these going forward 2021 it's the year of you know the year you change the year of uh, good stuff let's just go back to that wedding yeah. and go actually we don't need all this this yeah. stuff but I, I get it I've got um, one of my best friends is getting married next year um, and she's having a very traditional wedding so I think it's just who you are but absolutely and that's the most awesome. yeah. yeah don't change your name don't change your name um, and so Italia Conti how was that for you so I I didn't know I was one of those people so you can probably hear police sirens in the background no I'm good we're good don't worry about it anyway you know um classic London classic London classic classic London I went to London I was so I just didn't fit in at school at all I went to school kind of in but do you know Balfron kind Mm -hmm. of outside Sterling and and it was an amazing school but I just didn't fit in. I've got extreme dyscalcia. So I was always really bad at maths. I wanted to be a dentist at one point, but then got to the whole, you know, math side of, of it all and was like, I'll never be able to do this. It's just, it's not wired right in my brain. Um, and I've always danced and I danced since the age of literally three doing Highland dancing and then done all the festivals and everything like that across Scotland and the Kyle Highland games. And I always loved dancing and I remember just, I, I literally remember sitting in a classroom at high school and going, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like this just isn't for me to to be to be sitting like this and, and learning in this way. It, it just doesn't quite match. But I loved, um, you know, we could take dance at our school and I, I loved dance and I loved music and I loved art and I loved music production and PE. I loved all this side of it. Um, and then I started GAMTA, Glasgow Academy of Musical Theatre Arts, um, with one of my friends and I began to take it more seriously. Um, and then I, I got really badly bullied at, at um, school. Um, so I decided to leave, it just got too much. So I left and I went full time, I must have been 16. And I, um, I left to go kind of full time at GAMTA on a, um, a HND course. And then I re-auditioned, got back into the Dance School of Scotland. And I feel like at that point, so I, how old was I then? Oh no, I tell a lie, I must have been 14 when I left school. 16. Yeah, so I was 16 when I start, started the Dance School of Scotland because I left when I was 18. And I feel like over, it was a two-year course there. And I feel like I really started my journey when I was 16. So I was probably a little bit late because a lot of people who go on to that course really know what they're doing. They know what drama school, I didn't even know what a drama school really was until I started there. So when it, after the two years, when it got to the point where we had to decide what path we want to do, I didn't have a clue. I loved it all. I loved singing. I loved dancing. I loved acting. But I was very, I was very strong at all three, but not excellent at all three, if that makes sense. So I wasn't quite good enough that I was going to go to Lane and become a dancer. I wasn't quite great enough that I was going to go to Art Said and be this amazing triple threat. I wasn't an amazing singer that I was going to go to Mountview. And I was just adamant that I wanted to get out of Scotland. Just adamant that I want to go to the bright lights of London. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I did, and I went. I I went to Conti because I got a scholarship, and um, and it just came down to the fees. We couldn't we couldn't afford it. Um, and I started as a dancer, 
And then by the end of the three years, I left more as an actor and realized that I didn't really want to do dance anymore. So I I just, I, I kind of started my actual journey into realizing what I really want to do when I graduated, like a year after I graduated. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's just been like this journey. And because of that, I worked very hard. I had a lovely time, I had a great time. But I think I maybe would have been better suited at a drama school where they really sit, like sat me down and went, you're good at this and this is what you're going to do whereas I didn't really get that at Conte so I feel like I maybe lost out a little bit from Mm -hmm. from that sense but but yeah and then London the big flirt just drew me in and blooming took all my money on rent I worked in a pub had a miserable time yeah but but hey ho I found found I think it's I think that's really interesting though you say about you you feel like you might have missed out because there's part of me that kind of thinks though that you probably haven't and you might not realize it yet because your life experience has given you something else and actually there's something at that age not to because so many young people are so like it has to be this school it has to be that and then if that doesn't happen they're devastated and they're not quite sure how to move forward with it and I think there's something really I think there's something really important about finding your own way totally totally and there'll be stuff that you'll have gone through that somebody else won't have gone through that you'll get a part at some point where you're able to remember those feelings and like kind of take from that that somebody else might not be able to totally and literally as you say that I always it's actually come came back to me now in our third year we we got the choice to either um do a Shakespeare so you could take the drama route the singing route or the dance route and I took the drama route and we'd done um this whole kind of term on Shakespeare and I got to play Lady Macbeth and that was the point that I was like, oh my God, I absolutely love drama. I love acting so much to a point that I, I never, if I went to any other drama school, I probably wouldn't have got that experience because I wouldn't have been good enough compared to the other people at Artside to play a lead, a lead role. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like like that's kind of definitely put me on a path that I might not have had otherwise, but but it's all a journey, isn't it? And no one's yeah. journey is the same. And In the journey, everybody's going to laugh because I have this running thing about um, the journey, the J word. Because um, it's like, it's like we need to find another word. The journey. Oh, okay. What about the the path, the road? The, pa- the road. The I road. mean, I'm I like, the, the, yeah, the path, the, the road. Way. The, the Highland way. way. I like that. Yeah, let's get our Scottish on. There we, little, are. Yeah. we are. There we are. And then the Highland wind. Exactly, we've sorted it. We've there sorted we go. It. Everybody journey. needs to stop saying journey and start saying the, the Highland wind. Um, <laughs> love it. Yeah, I know. I mean, but the, like Lazy M and the and herself is a feminist, and it's a it's an interesting part to play. I always um, she's such a juxtaposition in people's opinions. Like I think a lot of women are really drawn to her, but then there's the audience's reaction she's conniving she's this she's that and I find it really fascinating because I don't think she's any of that no I, th- I think until you go so deep into her character I think it's different I think it's different for, for everyone who, who plays her but I think unless you proper study that and look to everything that she like she she's a heartbreaking character like she's absolutely heartbreaking and I actually I 
you know how when people say oh you always play that part and you have a massive come down after it also yeah. I've never taken drugs by the way so I don't actually know what come down is but I, they, they refer to it as <laughs> that like acting come down do you know what I mean just in case people are like oh gosh Scarlett come down but you know what I mean and I know after, yeah after I well, but, it, but like that can happen to anybody if they're doing exercise and they haven't exercised for you they lose the endorphins or a hangover it's the exactly. same thing the come down the come down yeah. just wanted to to you know star to clarify that. <laughs> to clarify but i i was probably, scarlet does not take drugs everybody i do not i do drink pims in winter but drugs i do not <laughs> we're all unique in our own way we are wonderful we are. Um, yeah sorry say, yeah sorry i was gonna say i don't oh, i've lost it now what was i saying no that's what it was after i played that part i honestly I had a come down. I was so sad, I think, because I loved her so, so much and just who she was. And she is a feminist and she's brilliant. And I, I love her. I think that's something that's never really kind of dealt with when you're training. I think whatever role, whether you're a singer, dancer, actor, triple threat, production, I don't if you, there's a project or uh, um, a production that you absolutely fall in love with. I don't think the end of it is ever dealt with properly. No, it's not because not everybody. In fact, the majority of us aren't lucky enough to be going from one job to the next. Exactly, exactly. So that end of a job is such a it's such a huge impact on everything. It's like it's it's heartbreak. It's a yeah. lot. Especially if, if you're given, if you put, if you think about all the time you put into a role and the, the people in that company, it's like a little family. And it's, you know, when else, what other industry do you get to be part of a community where you literally spend a year or three months or sometimes less than that? And you, you form such close bonds because you're having to, you're having to open up your soul to yeah. every single person around you. And then one day you don't get to see those people again and yeah. you're you don't get to share that experience night after night with people and it's it is it's it's hard it's it's heartbreaking it's a loss and it's oh gosh it's tragic isn't it this industry it's it really so is sad. it's sad <laughs> but it's just you know you, you started talking about um kind of realizing there isn't the help for um our mental health in the industry yeah. that there probably should be and that's actually such a huge part of it is that that loss that you feel at the end of a project totally totally and I don't remember anybody ever at training or drama school was like so when this happens you're going to feel it and it's going to be really hard it was just like you know when this happened like it's the end of the show and we move on well we it's don't because most hell. of us have to go back to temping or teaching or working in a supermarket or you know whatever it is that we're doing exactly exactly I remember one teacher amazing teacher taught me at Conti called Lisa Willoughby Turner Willoughby and I remember I reached out to her because when I tell you I, I suffered the heart I was literally in my bed for days because I just I couldn't believe that it was over this amazing experience was over and I feel like every actor as well they they'll have that one job when everything just clicks and they go this is why I'm doing this and for mm -hmm. me it really was that that show 
And I remember reaching out to her and be like, I'm so sad. And she just said that she takes little, you take the best parts of all these amazing characters that you play and you just hold them in your heart forever. And that's the best possible thing that you can do. But the rest you have to let go and you keep all the good from those characters in your heart and you let the rest go. But that was the only advice that I got. That yeah. was the only advice. And I mean, my struggles definitely came from the opposite end of that. And that was, you know, not even being able to get into the room for an audition. So I didn't really know how to even cope with the loss of a show and yeah. that aspect till way, way later down the line, if not quite recently. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard either way. It really, really mm. is. And it, I, th- I think it's changed now. I don't know about the end of a show, but certainly, this, um, you know, how hard it is to break into the industry and get additions and get an agent and all of this other thing. I think they're, they're definitely taking that a little bit more seriously now at drama schools, which I'm very happy about because mm. it's, it's hard. It is so hard. And yeah, I could talk, I could talk about mental health to the cows come home. So I'm not going to, not going to talk because you might not want to go into it. So I'm going to wait for you to ask the questions. <laughs> well, we definitely will go into it, but <laughs> No, I didn't know. I'm gonna. I'm. I, I put. I put a pause on. I put a pause on. Pause on it. No, I just. I find it really like the whole conversation about, and that's great. The drama schools are starting to kind of help their students through. And I think the thing is that for a lot of people who don't, who aren't involved in our industry, they can't quite comprehend that thing because if they went to uni, they were in lectures with a hundred and fifty other people. Um, or they were like you know it's just so different from what you experience at drama school at drama school you have a class of at the absolute most maybe 25 26 and you're with those people every day for three years yeah being as you said open honest vulnerable they are with you through your journey you're on a journey with those people yeah you're highland wind your Highland wines. Yeah. Exactly. And you really are because and you're all, you're learning stuff about yourself as learning as well as learning about other people and the industry. And then you finish and if you don't get an agent, because that's what it's all building up to for yeah. three years as an agent, you're crushed. If you do get an agent, but the jobs don't start coming in, you're like, what the fuck have I done wrong? Like I don't understand. But actually, the reality is there's just there's so many of us that do it exactly and there's no other industry like this hmm. there is no other industry we put ourselves out there literally every every single day saying am I good enough justify me help and um, show me show me that I'm, I'm worthy and that yeah. just damages and damages and damages our self-esteem day after day month after month year after year and if you don't get that support to help you then you know, if you're, if, if anyone was like me in a fragile state and comparing constantly, then it's, it, it can spiral. It totally can. can. Spiral. And it's so, and I think that that is the other thing, you know, there are industries probably where people will be like, oh, we do compare, but it's not, and I could be wrong, but it, it certainly doesn't seem like it is to the same level that we do. And I think as women, although I think for guys, it is becoming more and more, um, to be fair to, our male counterparts like I think the pressure on them is maybe not quite as much on how they look but it's certainly over the last 10 years there's a definite shift in their body shape 
you know all of that how like how do you have a six pack are you at the gym every day how are you built etc um whereas for us I think as females that's been there for such a long time it's so ingrained in us that even before you start training it's already there oh literally literally I remember back oh god I think it was my gamp today's at Glasgow Academy Musical Theatre Arts literally just staring at in a mirror every single day I was what 13 at the time and going if I want to be a dancer I have to look like this if I want to be I, I was I was part literally when I graduated into the industry it was the talk of the town that it's not about the talent anymore it's about what you look like yeah pressure on like what a 21 year old has just stepped out into the industry going right so I need to go to the gym I need to do this that and the other I need to watch what I eat okay I need to get my hair done I need to get the best makeup like it, it takes its toll and you're totally right the the effects on guys as well and it, it's, it's just it's horrible it really really is and there's so much pressure there and I think it's only recently you know, there, there's been a, a big shift and I really, really see it on social media with all these amazing people like I'm sure you've heard of Chessie King, who's literally sat in her underwear. We all have roles. We've all yep. got light, and she's like, look, this is me. And similar, similarly, there's there's pages um, uh, uh, like that for, for guys as well. And yeah. I feel like that's only really started to happen on the scale that it is in the last year. I see it more and more and more and more now, which I'm so, so glad about because I feel like it's just completely changing the way, you know, theatre is, the way that TV is. We're seeing more diversity in every single aspect of the arts that I don't think we would have done um, 10 years ago. And yeah. I think it's just so important that we continue just breaking down stigmas. Like, what? why do you need to be a size six to be a bloody dancer you don't yeah you don't you absolutely don't but it's it's hard it really really is hard and like that just that thing that you said there that you know as a dancer you look in mirrors all day when you're dancing and when you're an actor you are looking at other people you're watching and then you're watching yourself back on film um and then when you're a singer it's the same and it's like you know my friends and opera singers, she always says to me, oh, I hate it when I get filmed because I make such ugly faces to make the sound. That I and I'm like, I don't think that you do because I think you look amazing when you're singing. Like, it's just total power and yeah. beauty. And she's like, oh, no, because I have to make my mouth go in a certain way so that that note comes out that certain way. And I was like, yeah, but that's technique, though. That's exactly. like, like, but it's this idea of you, you, people who are watching shouldn't see that or they want to see the pretty face they don't want to see the work that goes into it exactly exactly totally I think so much like stems from Hollywood as well and you know having that star quality yeah so what does that even mean like let me pull my ugly faces and just get the job done exactly I I am a really ugly actor to be fair like some (laughs) things I do I'm like oh man oh like didn't know I could look like that honestly but the emotion was real well that's what people will believe well this is the this is my thing as an audience member not even as an actor if you make me feel something and I believe you that's more important to me than like you know you being a size six 
because actually quite a lot of the time now I find when I'm watching things and I watch people and I'm like oh my god they're so thin that it hurts me yeah totally like I can't now when I say that as somebody who's I'm I'm not thin when I was when I left training I was size eight super skinny all of that have put weight on have issues with my periods you know all of like don't us all don't, don't us yeah all. exactly and and you know I'm I'm getting older weight just seems to go on she says as she drinks a beer like do you know what but also I did actually say this to myself last night I was like why am I not losing weight and then I realized I bought a whole tub of Lindor chocolates at Sainsbury's and ate them all in the one sitting but I'm happy, so. Well, I was about to say, and do you feel okay about it? Yeah, because it was bloody great and you loved it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like, and I'm having this beer and it's my first drink in about a week and a half and I'm enjoying okay. every minute of it. Sick. A week and a half, that is very good. I'm I know. Sorry. That is only just because I've got endometriosis and I was in a lot of pain last week, so it was painkiller time. Sometimes yeah, I do right. mix it just if I'm really needing yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you know. Um, but, it's, but it's also that thing of, yeah, I definitely put on weight. I've put on probably quite a lot of weight, but there's lots of women that are like me, but they're not being represented on screen. So they need to be like, this is the thing that what I'm excited about is when, and I really think that lockdown, I hope will ha- continue to have that impact is that people want to see themselves on screen. Exactly, exactly. T- and t- on stage. TV um, screen wait tv is screen see this is my pims that's the pims talking now tv and screen well wait a minute it's not just the pims because you have been up since four o'clock this morning so i have been up since four o'clock but i did have a wee nap just 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 before this you know refresh my brain but it's not working it's not working a wee disc exactly a party nap um wait a party nap is that is the right term isn't it I say a disco nap or a nana nap, but a party nap is also great. Fabulous. I just worry because I'm not down with the kids. I don't know if like certain things mean different things. I'm definitely not down with the kids, so it's totally fine. Party nap and disco nap. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. It's totally fine. I can't even remember what I was going to... Oh, that's what I was going to say. What we see on TV... No, I'd say that bloody again. What we see on screen and stage has to represent what we are living in the world that we are living in absolutely and if not then that's when screen and stage will not become relevant anymore it won't be current and people won't people want to see themselves represented they want to see the world we're living in represented and if that doesn't change and matter the world we're living in then there, there, there will be no art exactly and that and that's when we fail at our job exactly because our job is to tell these stories and to and make people make people feel represented and make them feel heard and know that they're not alone exactly exactly and for all that to happen it just takes people with a big box to take risks on the working class people who have different stories to tell and continue to put these and I say in quotation marks you know brave performances performances on quotation marks because that's what yeah. they, they call it when I read all the articles about it. it's like oh brave new writing and I'm like why is it quotation marks brave why is it just not genius new writing um and I, th- I really really hope um that continues we we yeah. interviewed um the amazing uh, um uh, Danusha Samal um and she's she's brilliant and she wrote a play called Out of Sorts and it won it won loads of awards in London and she, um, when we when we chatted to her, and she's a working class act um, 
actress and she she just pretty much said that you know I hope going through into 2021 because of you know the financial strain that the industry's had and the world's had that it 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 continues to to go the way that it was going before this and yeah just don't keep going for quotation marks safe options because yeah. you're not going to make money because if you continue on that path then you know you're the industry is just going to be the same the same stories will be told and yeah. you know, there's so much on in the last couple of years that was just epic and brilliant and that all came from just showcasing new stuff and different stories and giving people the opportunities who might not have got the opportunities so I really hope that continues I don't know how I got onto this story but um it's good here we are the Pims here took me there the Pims took me there but it's 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 important and it's um I mean it's what persistent and nasty are all about it's about giving platform and a place for people from all um backgrounds to be able to be seen and heard yeah it's brilliant it's brilliant it's, you know and we're just three we're just three actors like there's not there's nothing special about us it's just that we were like no there's an injustice here that needs sorted yeah I mean and then we have the running thing all the time that we're never getting employed again because we're calling out all the shit <laughs> no not well that's but, what that's what Alexa and Katie said with their podcast and I know so honestly and it was so when we chatted with Alexa and Katie it was so interesting to talk to them because it was that thing of like you know we're both calling out in different ways yeah and being like how did you feel to do it so all of that it was just really great it was just like I feel like you need to talk about stuff that's not usually talked about in order for those big voices to listen yeah do you know what I mean? So, totally. yeah. so talking about your podcast, how did it all start? So I had a mental breakdown pretty much. Um, as I said, I graduated and um, I graduated Talia Conte, which it, um, at that time, I guess, had a little bit of stigma. We didn't get much. Uh, we didn't get big agents come to see your showcase. So I signed with them. A lovely, but really, really small agent at the time. Um didn't get seen for much and you know I I had amazing amazing talented friends that you know were going straight into West End shows and work and getting seen by you know all these amazing producers and casting directors and I was literally outside Pineapple Dance Studios at 4am with my book ready for an open call hoping to get seen by Royal Caribbean do you know what I mean like it's yeah. it's hard it was really really hard and um, i like everyone went from doing what I loved every single day for the last three years in London to working in a pub to pay my bills and unable to get to class and I was working till like 1am and then sleeping all day and I just got into such a rut um and I was like this is this is shit this is so hard why is no one else feeling what I'm feeling um I reached out to people in my year at drama school and they they just kind of put up a face and we're like, oh yeah, no, we're getting seen for Mamma Mia. Yes, yes, yes. Oh yeah, it's great. It's great. Oh, it's, it's hard, but it's great. We'll, we'll get there, which is amazing to have that positivity. But I was just really, really struggling. Um, and I remember literally Googling like mental health support for new graduates and actors and just nothing came up. Um, and 
I ended up quitting my job at the pub and Kathy, who's now one of my best mates and my maid of honor, who I co-host Industry Minds with, um, she gave me a job at a gym um, in West London where we were living at the time. And I was just like, you're going to be my friend. We're going to go for coffee. I'm alone and sad. You're going to be my friend. And Kathy has, um, she's, she's, um, she's very, very open about her mental health journey and was the only person at the time um, that spoke about mental health. So I was like, let's do a podcast. I was obsessed with um, Ferns Cotton's Happy Place. Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't really feel like I understood what therapy was. And I didn't feel like I needed therapy at that time when actually I really, really did, but just didn't know enough about it. So I turned to a podcast and I, I was able to relate to all these amazing people that I, that I looked up to. And I, I just thought, oh gosh, well, if if they're saying that and they went through those struggles, then I absolutely can get through this. Um, and then I just thought there's nothing out there for actors. Why is there not someone sitting down just chatting to people who, you know, aren't sat on a bundle of wealth and success and fame? Like why, why are people on our journey not chatting about it? So I just said, should we do a wee podcast? And she was like, yeah, go on then, let's do it. So we just kind of started it and then it and then it and then it took off because I guess people just wanted wanted because it people needed it. it it was needed it was a conversation that was so needed and people wanted to listen and I'm so glad that we've done it and I was fucking shitting myself we both were we were like oh gosh because it wasn't spoken about it yeah. wasn't spoken about and I was just kind of like you know what if casting directors never call me in again it's not going to change much because I've not been called in anyway at this point so I may as well do something good with it <laughs> but yeah. but we got through we got through and that's it really the wee yeah. podcast. Your wee podcast. Wee um, fun as well. It's good to have something you're in control of. And I think that mm. really, really helped my mental health as well. Really helped. Yeah. And you've had amazing guests on as well. We like, have, yes. I basically, is there any, like, you know, like any moments that really jump out that somebody said something to you in a podcast and you were like... Oh, there, honestly, like, there is so many. There is so many. The most... The, the, the two that I've loved this year is with uh, Sophie Holland Caston and Nikolai Foster. Those were two interviews that I just sat like, oh my gosh, like you are everything that the industry just, just needs to be. Everyone just needs to be like you. Like the 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 amazing women at Sophie Holland Caston are just an absolute dream team. And yeah. Nikolai Foster is just, oh, just Honestly, if there's two podcasts that I recommend, not not to plug my own, but they're really allowed. Fun. I'm allowing it. I'm allowing it. Go thank you, it. thank you so much. But like, <laughs> they, I was in such honestly. It's been a hard year for everyone in the arts, mm. as we know, and outside yeah. the arts. And um, but those two podcasts, I was really struggling at the time. Um, at, at the point of recording and listening to just what those people had to say, I was like, yeah, there, there's. I, I could. I don't remember exactly what was said because I've had the pims, you see. But it yeah. was. Just, so empowering and brilliant but but everyone honestly just hearing people openly talk about their mental health I think has really allowed me to to own my own mental health if that makes sense yeah I think it's um it's long overdue yeah really long overdue um yeah, it's a it's a funny one. I think there's that thing like, and it's interesting you talk about it when you were asking people in your year and that face going on. It's like we can't let the cracks be seen. Yet people want us to have the cracks because they expect us to have those emotions like that all the time. So we live our lives 
as performers I always feel with her like our emotions I love that I'm doing gestures nobody can fucking see I, me I'm I like, can see the gestures so I'm, I'm there with you and I love yeah. your ring oh thanks That's... beautiful it's a beautiful it's a beautiful it's a beautiful it's um it's a jet jet stone so um sorry I I just got sidetracked by the by jewelry I love jewelry no it's okay it's me and all my crystals like I have to have them everywhere on my body oh see now I'm going to message you after and be like right give me the chat about crystals because I've been told I should get a rose quartz great beautiful Uh uh-huh but I feel like I need more expertise on it yeah we can get one of the necklaces yeah, we can go through exactly what it is that you're needing. Soulmates. Yeah, I know. It's like it's so beautiful. Our partners <laughs> run away together. Um yeah. Uh, no, I just I can't even remember what I was saying now. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, just um that that kind of but they expect us to have our emotions. For those of you who can't see, I've got my hands at my neck, like so high up that we can tap into it so quickly. Yeah. but then just kind of leave us without any support it's like always oh, that thing when you were training and I don't know if it's still done I'd be really interested to hear from graduates particularly now but like you know like emotional recall exercises like I always remember like Dangerous. you were put, put, put into these positions and let and then you went through the exercise and then that was you for the rest of the day and nobody was there to kind of go okay shit you tapped into something Literally. there like, so, so dangerous so dangerous I, I do think they've addressed that now at drama schools. I, yeah. I, I think a lot of places don't tap into that, um, which is good. I mean, it, emotional recall can be so, so important. Like I definitely used it throughout Macbeth. Gotta keep going back to Macbeth today. There we are, hello. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely tapped into that for, you know, when she's having her own breakdown, but it's so dangerous. And that's probably why I was, I was depressed after it because I was putting myself through that trauma every bloody night and not getting any support. And that's it. Like, and you're expected to do it every night for a show. Yeah. And do you think as well, just on the, on the topic of the feelings and, you know, not showing ourselves, do you think, I think it has changed now, but do you think there's this persona of being an actress and an actor that is all glitzy and glam so then when, you know, we're, we're working in Sainsbury's in the pandemic because we've got no job, we're embarrassed and afraid and that like lowers your self-esteem. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it totally does. I think that that idea of it being a really glitzy, glamorous job has been enforced in society that when you, well, it's either that or people think that you're just pissing about and having a laugh and they don't actually realise like the hard work that goes into it. And, you know, it's that thing of like when I so when I finished training I always remember because Taggart was still going when I finished training for those oh, of you who yeah. don't know Taggart is major um uh, who doesn't know Taggart I mean I don't it might be somebody that doesn't know Taggart oh, okay. Okay. I mean major a uh, Scottish television program that ran for 30 years I think. yeah it was epic epic um and you know it was that you, you finished and like if you didn't get a part in Tiger, it was like well what the fuck are you doing yeah yeah and it is always one of those things there's only like a handful of really well-known Scottish actors that haven't done Tiger, whereas everybody else has yeah yeah I, no, I, I feel did do like, Tiger. Like, I got murdered <laughs> did you did you get murdered I got murdered yeah oh, son how was it it was great <laughs> off your list 
picked off my list. Oh, God. Yes, got murdered in Tagger. My gosh, life goals. Life, life goals. goals. Totally. I've been murdered in Tagger. But it needs to come back. Tagger needs to come back. I've not even been on Hobie City. Oh, why? Have you been on Hobie City? Mm. Maybe we should tag team and go on. Shall we write to them? Yeah, we'll write to them. Like, why, why are you not employed us? Why yeah. have you not employed us? You've been, you have just finished the great, or you will, obviously. Yeah, it was actually this time last year we were at filming. Yeah, it was lovely. It was a really random job, actually. Um, I got approached by an amazing choreographer called Polly Bennett. And she was like, hey, um, you were recommended to me as a dancer. Do you want a job? And I was like, yeah, I want a job. And then I ended up self-taping for a part and got the part. So it was just one of those things that I was like, this is just how this industry works, isn't it? You just yeah. sit and do nothing for ages. And then someone's like, do you want a job? Oh, do you want another job? And it was lovely. And yeah, I just, I, honestly, I just had the, the time of my life. It, it, it was just brilliant. So you... <laughs> You finished that. I shouldn't have had the pims. <laughs> I'm loving that you had the pims. Gotta have tanned. I'm I'm, a, I'm an actual Scottish drinker as well. I, I know. I I, I finished my beard and I'm like, oh yeah. I think oh, you I would have slammed this down, me. Oh no, I no. There's a wee bit left. I was like, I well, have the have the dribble. Mm. That's an Since we're in December and just before we finish up, although I could continue to talk to you for ages, um. What are you doing? What are your plans? And also, so tell me that first, actually. What are you doing? So because of the restrictions, I'm going Fucking to COVID. Fucking COVID. I'm raging. So basically, I'm working all the jobs at the moment just because I, I need to be able to pay my rent. So I'm working in Sainsbury's. I'm working in a gym and I'm teaching and I'm also running on like a social media channel. So I'm working here literally till the 23rd. I've got a morning shift. So I need to get up at 4 a.m., my shift starts at six and then I finish at two and then I need to come straight back to my flat, get my case and then I get the train up to Scotland. So I'll get to see my family on uh, Christmas Day and Lovely. then I haven't booked back yet, but I'm guessing I'll need to come back on the 28th because otherwise I'll, get, I'll, be, I'll be fine. Yeah. So that's me, really. That's you. Come back, back to work. Are we a wee five day holiday? A wee five day holiday to Scotland and you get to see your family. So exactly. gorgeous. Um, what is your favourite Christmas film? <gasps> oh, my favourite Christmas film. It has to be It's a Wonderful Life. I love it. And it just reminds me of my dad as well. So I think it's just a beautiful film and, and fitting in line, you know, being a mental health advocate, you know, it's yep. all about mental health. And absolutely. I think it's brilliant. I think it's brilliant. It's long, but if you stick with it, it gets me in the first two minutes. We talked to Louise and I talked about this two weeks ago when we did uh, our Christmas podcast, our festive bands. Um, and uh, I it, like help my daddy. Please help my daddy. Yeah. Go on. That's me sobbing. It's, it, it's it's a journey it, it really is a journey it is it is a journey but it's it's one of my favorites is it's a good one I mean Frank Capra is not known for his cheery movies but you know no no um, favorite Christmas song Amy Scarlett Maltman oh, right this might be a little bit controversial but I want a hippopotamus for Christmas I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. My this is brilliant. I absolutely fucking love it. I Do you know it. it? Do you know it? 
I know, but I now need to go and I feel like I do when you said it, but I know I'm going to have to go and listen to it. It's so good. I don't like rhinoceroses. I only like hippopotamuses. It's so good. (laughs) And it honestly, it will make you happy. And I don't think it gets the the credit that it truly deserves that that song. So that would be my favourite Christmas song. Amazing. Amazing. Um... The other thing that we like to ask people is um, someone that you look up to, female that, you, that inspires you. It can be someone from your life. It can be somebody in the industry, somebody out with the industry, like whoever it is. Oh, there's so many people. I um, have to say my best mate, Kathy, Kathy Reed. She is just literally that, that woman. She's just brilliant. She is so giving. Um, yeah, she's like my hero. She's she's just the best and look up to her and everything that she does. So definitely. Look like you're greeting there. No, the husband's just come in and I'm like, get out. Oh, <laughs> hello. Is it Steven? Hi, Steven. Wait, I've just I've given oh, him a Oh no. He could have joined in. No, he definitely would not. This is why we're still together after 10 years of being married, is because yeah. He is not a fan of the limelight, unlike myself. Right, I get, I got you. My partner's kind of the same, actually. Although you he need does, it. He does whack out a double pirouette, and I'm like, careful, careful. Just, I'm starting this relationship. Just you remember your place. Thanks very much. <laughs> Ten years married, though. Go on. Yeah. Fabulous. I'm pure mm. shit myself that I'll get a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll have enough of me after a well, week. I'm sure you won't because you're fabulous. It'll be fine. But if you do, it's just part of your life. Well, if we do, then I'm I'm running to Scotland and we're running away together. Yeah, well, obviously I'm I'm leaving obviously, Steve, obviously. so it's totally fine. Obviously. Yeah, fine, it's sorted. It's happening. <laughs> um yeah, so Kathy. Your husband's probably listening to us like, what the fuck? He'll be like, what is she going on about now? It's like, he's like I would just, because I also have this running joke with my friend Lucy Hutchison that we're running away Lucy together. Lucy Hutchison! Do you know Lucy? Kindly here, Lucy. Yeah. I can love Lucy Hutchinson. Me too, right? Oh, I did not know you were friends. Yeah. She's an angel. She is an angel. She really is. People are going to be like, what the fuck? I'm keeping this in. She is literally the most beautiful person. So beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. She is. Um, So her and I have this running joke that um, when Steve dies, uh, um, I'm going to marry Lucy. She oh, thinks it's a joke, but it's happening. Um, well, it's great companionship. Right? Do you know what I mean? Brilliant. Um, so, yeah, so Kathy. Kathy, <laughs> my hero. Anybody else? Do you want to chuck on that list? Oh, so I can have multiple? You can have as many as you want. Oh, my days, right. Well, obviously Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Judy Dench, of course. Yes. Um. Oh my God, there's so many people. There's so many people. <gasps> oh, Sasha Ronan, just because I think she's she's just brilliant, isn't she? She she's is fabulous. She's fabulous. Oh, other people, other people. Michelle Obama, absolutely. Michelle. Obama. I mean, Queen. I love the Queen, you know, as well. Okay, great. Love the queen for her outfits mostly. What a <laughs> matching handbags. A matching handbags. And, and shoes and, and hats. And, and masks now. She wears me matching masks. I mean. So cute. So I went really off topic. People that I look up to. 
people that I look up to. I'll put one more person. Oh my, there's so many amazing people. And I'm, I'm actually, I'm going to go away here and be like, I should have said that person. You uh, can always let me know and I'll add it in at the end. One more person, one more person, one more person. Obviously my mum. Obviously my mum. And last but not least. Oh, 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 oh. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. There's someone right in the tip of my tongue and it's not coming out. You. <laughs> you. Obviously. You. So many amazing people though, like like all literally all of my friends I'm so inspired. Rachel Flynn, legend, fucking legend. So many amazing Gemma Farley, who's a theatre director. And just she's incredible. Do you know? I I don't know if you find this as well. What I find the best part of doing this podcast is the amount of incredible females that I've had the chance to talk to. Um, that are inspiring in so many different ways um, and I just uh, there's something about doing the podcast that just makes it really uh, makes it really natural and it's um, it's one thing I'm really glad about I'm really thankful for it's brilliant honestly it's a brilliant podcast and I think yes. it's so important thanks it's so, so important so is industry minds and we're going to do a collab and everybody better get ready for it oh I cannot wait Cannot wait. Put it in the Okay, diary. we need to finish with our last question. Right, okay, go for it. Go okay. for it. Amy Scarlett Maltman, what does persistent and nasty mean to you? It means being a fucking badass bitch and not putting up with a shite and getting on with it and being a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um Thank you, Amy Scarlett Maltman. I'm giving you your full name. Thank you so much. It's Thank been you so an much absolute joy. Thank you. I've had the best time. Great. And the Pims was great and the beer was great. And we're and he's super happy. Can it wait? We like to down it, down it, down it, down it. Yes. Hey. She did it. She did it. Um, everybody, as always, take care and stay nasty.